Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello. Welcome back. Chase Thomas podcast. Taping this on a Monday afternoon. Evan Swords is here. Just, I caught him mid-run around his, his apartment over there in Los Angeles, California because of the Sam Darnold news. He's been waiting for QB1 for many years. He's been waiting for the... The per- the perfect Kyle Shanahan reclamation project, and it came in the form of Sam Darnold. So Evan doesn't even know what to say. Like some people might think that he might want to talk about Hargrave a lot on this program. No, Evan is ready to talk all things Sam Darnold all the time because our guest Matthew Spunauer is an expert in the Sam Darnold experience back in Carolina. So this is just all kinds of of great fun over here. Marcus Mariota is probably going to end up in Carolina at this rate. All of our teams are just going to keep just kicking our team our players off it, just around and around. Evan, how are you? Um, I'm not good. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, I don't care about the Sam Darnold stuff. He's QB3, whatever. Uh, today's a good day. For 49ers mm. fans, and I'm not gonna let that 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 redheaded monster bring me down. <laughs> also here, first timer of the Stay Out Pod, a sports podcast that you should go listen to if you are not already. Friend of the pod, Theo Ash is a co-host, and now we've got another co-host on this great program. He's a TikTok star over here on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Great NFL and NBA mind, Matthew Spawnhauer is here, Matt. Uh, do you go by Matt or Matthew? I always want to just say Matt, and I'm like, is that? I, I don't know if you actually want to be shortened. Is it Matthew always? I don't. I don't ever care. Um, okay. I usually just let people call me whatever they want to call me. So if it's, I, I think I go by Matt a little bit more on the internet. Okay. But my parents would never call me anything other than Matthew, and it depends mm. totally on the person. It might make a difference to me. But you shouldn't be that sad about Sam Darnold. He is actually not that bad. He's Ooh. more. If Sam Darnold was like, if he wasn't the third overall pick, I don't think people would give him so much flack. But mm. he, in, in terms of like, you know, if you're the 49ers, you really got to have like three quarterbacks on the roster who can step in and play a game. If Unless you paid a bunch for Darnold, I actually think it's a pretty good pickup. He wasn't that bad last year. Listen, do I, th- do I think that he'll be better than Josh Johnson? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I've got plenty of faith there. I just love that we're going to walk into next year because it's the Niners and they can't have nice things. Like, all three of these guys are starting a game for the San Francisco 49ers next year due to injury. Like, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, and Brock Purdy are all going to start various points of the year. I'm just excited to who's going to start at the end when they're on their Super Bowl run. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be fun to figure out which one of the three it actually is. I mean, we can get into that. <laughs> well, let's start, uh, Evan, with your Niners, and I think Matt uh, is going to have some good uh, stuff on this, but they kind of surprised a lot of folks. They're a lot more active uh, than I think a lot had anticipated coming into free agency. Um, I have a lot of just joyousness. I, like, I'm wearing like a Falcons hoodie and a Falcons hat. Um, i just been losing my mind over the Jesse Bates signing over the last hour, so we'll get into that uh, in a bit, but Evan... A lot's happened. Jimmy G signs with the Raiders. Uh, Gibson re-signing feels like forever ago. Where, where are you at with uh, day one, a couple hours into the Niners' free agency spending hysteria? I mean, so first and foremost, there was no one on earth that I think that was expecting the 49ers to sign Javon uh, Hargrave. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing I think we were all thinking about when it comes to free agency was – maybe defensive back, 
most definitely was going to need to be and still could be defensive end uh, opposite of Nick Bosa. Um, you know, they had recently drafted Javon Kinlaw and spent a very, you know, premium pick on him. Uh, and where, where some people thought he might be getting cut a couple times, you know, he'd been given the label bust. Uh, the Niners had, for the most part, always kind of uh, had his back and put their support into him. Uh, no more. <laughs> Not anymore, guys. No, uh, this is an incredible, I mean, maybe one of my favorite signings in so many different ways uh, for the last few years. First and foremost, it comes from the Eagles. Love taking, uh, well, not that they had it, you know, they, they knew they were going to get rid of a lot of one-year contract uh, signings that they had, but love taking talent away from the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, fills a huge, huge hole that we've had. I mean, Javon Kinlaw was supposed to plug that, you know, plug that role after DeForest Buckner left. Listen, DeForest Buckner is still a little bit younger and probably a better overall defensive tackle. Uh, but Hargrave is a monster pass rusher. And I, I think when you look at the 49ers defensive line, uh, the first thing I tweeted is I think they're going to break the record uh, for sacks in an NFL season. <laughs> Uh, Hargrave had more pressures or maybe like two off, like as many pressures as our entire defensive line or, you know, defensive tackles, uh, you know, not Nick Bosa had all season last year. Mm. Like the production that we're plugging in at that position on top of him now being able to play with Nick Bosa and play with, you know, coach uh, Chris Kasurik, who's just gets the most out of every one of his players. I mean, this is just a huge signing. This is I last year we, we signed Javarius Ward at corner uh, to get a true number one corner, and I think this is like immensely bigger. Hmm. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I'm a really big fan of it. I mean, Nick Bosa is, is quickly reaching you know one on one unblockable status, <laughs> and to put somebody else who's that strong of a pass rusher next to him, you know, there's only so many double teams that you can throw at at people. Um, with Ken Law, I mean, I'm from South Carolina. I was rooting for him, but obviously in that Eagles uh, championship game, although not that it really mattered ultimately once you had no quarterback to throw the ball at all. But in that Eagles championship game, uh, they were running at Ken Law like crazy. So I'm not, I, I guess I am pretty surprised that they went and got Hardgrave, but this seems to be kind of the, the building strategy of the 49ers. They're willing to really go spend on these guys i mean they went and spent on christian mccaffrey it's kind of the same thing the rams do they'll go and pay these huge big contracts to guys who they think are going to be consistent consistent stars and then they're gonna you know trade the first round picks because they don't see those as valuable and stock up on comp picks and so on and so on and so on they value the later picks a ton let's also remember too that like with uh, the loss of Jimmy Garoppolo and now Mike McGlinchey, who is has gone on a massive contract, mm-hmm. that allows them to still one of them negates. I think it's the the Mike McGlinchey one is negated or whatever. But they're going to get a third round com- compens- compensatory uh, draft pick for that. So mm-hmm. now not only are they getting Hargrave, but they're going to get a third rounder as well. And it's just like you just keep reloading all the. Who's going to be the right tackle this year now? I mean, is it in I don't, the draft? I, I think it's going to be maybe in free agency. I think mm. I, I don't think it'll be in the draft. Uh, they're they're they offensive for Orlando Brown. I think Are you so. You going to steal Kale McGarry from us? 
Maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, here's the thing: they, they they no longer are paying Jimmy. They're no longer paying yeah. Mike McGlinchey. Uh, you're looking at Jimmy Ward, who had a pretty big cap hit, might not be coming back. Uh, they re-signed Kevin Givens. They re-signed uh, Tayshawn Gibson. These are like very cheap contracts. So I, mm-hmm. they've got the money to do it right now. They've got three quarterbacks, and they're probably all making what like. Between Darnold, uh, Purdy, and they're probably Lance. making five million dollars combined, maybe right? That because the so, Lance contract, but like ten million dollars combined. It's just in a like a like they've got the money to spend right now. Uh, I and I I do think you know they're about to. They just adjusted the salary cap too. Like it's a really good time to spend the money. They're going to have to re-sign Nick Bosa, and that that contract's going to be bigger than my ego, but. On, we're on their way. Free agency's not done for the 49ers, so I, I would expect at least a safety, um, maybe a corner. Uh, they've got to figure out a couple positions on the offensive line um, and probably a running back because it's Kyle Shanahan. Mm. Um, Matt, when you look at the Jimmy Garoppolo to Vegas signing, uh, Josh McDaniels and Jimmy G reunite. In Vegas, Devontae Adams is still there, who I think quietly got overlooked. I mean, I was going through his numbers this past year, and like the PFF, I think he's the number two uh, overall wide receiver from PFF uh, for this past year. Um, like, I think just because the Raiders weren't as good and because he had Derek, Derek Carr has had a down, he's basically gotten worse the, uh, progressively over the last three years. He kind of took a hit for that. And Josh Jacobs, obviously, being maybe the best running back in football last year uh, was a big part of that, too. He just got kind of overshadowed in a ways, but he was still highly productive and a really good player. Josh Jacobs is obviously back. Um, where do you, where does this put the Raiders? Uh, because I just I don't know what to do with Oakland or I'm just going to say Oakland for the next 20 years. I don't know what to do with Vegas because the Chiefs aren't going anywhere. The Broncos are spending a bunch, like Evan alluded to, with Mike McGlinchey and company, and Sean Payton's putting a bunch of resources in the offensive and defensive line, like he did in New Orleans. But, I mean, the, the Chargers aren't going anywhere. Herbert was just in the playoffs. Like, they're right there. I don't know what to do with the Raiders and where they're actually at and what Jimmy actually does for them. What do you think he does, and do you see this being an actual upgrade over Derek Carr? And the Derek Carr you saw in... Um, McDaniel's scheme last year I thought Carr was pretty rough I'm not too high on him but like yeah I don't think people are wrong in thinking this is a pretty lateral move Mm. now if it's what you want to do okay fine you know if you like Garoppolo better than Carr if you're Josh like fair enough do your thing and you probably save a little bit of money long term doing it Derek Carr's contract was getting pretty ridiculous there Mm. towards the end but what does this mean for them well they're still in the AFC unfortunately (laughs) and there's a there's a lot of teams that I think are a lot better off. Um, you know, yeah, you've still got Adams, who's still himself, but man, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm honestly worried for them that, I mean, how many full seasons has Jimmy Garoppolo ever played? Two? Mm. One? I think the injury risk is really, really high with them. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm not that high on them yet. If this is a move that they make and then they go do a bunch of other things, fair enough like okay i can understand that i don't think this stops me from thinking they can improve as a team but if this is the thing that they do if they're like we're gonna go from Derek carr to jimmy garoppolo and that's our move i think i think it's time for mcdaniels to get out of there relatively soon do you think they still take a quarterback in the top 10 or no they could take levis if they really wanted to i mean Mm -hmm. 
They would have to trade up to three if they want anybody but Levis at this point, I would guess. So you think um, it's going one, two, three quarterback to start the draft? I think if the Cardinals move that pick, it absolutely is because I know the Panthers are taking one. I know the Texans are taking one, and I know the Colts are taking one. So it's going to go three quarterbacks before they get a chance to pick unless they move up. Hmm. Now, maybe maybe their strategy is we're going to move up to three and we're going to take Anthony Richardson and let him sit behind Garoppolo. Hmm. That could be possible. I thought that McDaniels, I thought that he would want to take a quarterback for the sake of buying himself some time. If you go get a veteran and you're bad again this year, you may be gone after two seasons. If you go get hmm. a rookie quarterback and he shows some life and you hit on that, I think that buys you a little bit more time as a coach because people don't want to like, you know, okay, you, you have this new quarterback six games and then you switch out the whole offense and you want to at least see what he can do with that guy. So if I were him, I'd be going after a quarterback possibly, but if I were him, I probably also wouldn't have spent all this money on Garoppolo if I were going QB round one. Yeah, like the Raiders aren't <laughs> – there's not going to be some immense change because of Jimmy Garoppolo. There is synergy there because Jimmy obviously was, you know, Josh McDaniels was his offensive coordinator when uh, Jimmy obviously notoriously have won two Super Bowl rings, as everyone knows. Um, Many do you forget that? Yes, Jimmy's a two Super Bowl winning quarterback. Um, but, like, that team is a kind of a dumpster fire, especially considering that Josh McDaniels is supposed to be an offensive genius. Uh, I think, you know, Josh Jacobs is a good, good thing for any quarterback to have and Devontae Adams, but, like, Devontae Adams came there to like play with Derek Carr, and he's gone now. So like I'm still not very convinced that Devontae Adams is gonna stay. Let alone, you know, I I just think I think the Raiders are either going to like punt this season entirely, and they're like Jimmy, you can hang out for it, or maybe we see some pretty significant moves over the next 24, 48 hours, maybe even further. We're like, okay, at least they're gonna make an effort, but. I do think that Jimmy will be better for the team than Derek Carr by a long shot. He's just mentally the kind of quarterback he is, the way he gets along with everyone, the team vibes. Like He's just going to go in and do his job and be quiet. And It's a very big difference than old uh, I've got a country accent even though I grew up in Fes Fresno, California, Derek Carr. Um. This also opens the door, and this is important, Evan, for you and I. Jimmy G now being a Las Vegas Raider. Matt, you know this. The Blue Wire Studios. The Wind Studios oh, yes. out there in Vegas. It's time for the world to collide. Jimmy G just making a little trip over for Evan and I to do a pod with uh, Jimmy G. Oakland Raider. Or Vegas. I'm going to. This is driving me nuts. Vegas Raider legend Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, and that's the, that's the thing. Everyone wants to make jokes about, like, oh, the porn star, now he's in Vegas. But, like, the reality is, is Jimmy is the, like, most quiet, most reserved, like, doesn't, mm. like, all he cares about is hanging out with his brothers and his friends. And, like, he's never going out in public for any reason. Like, this guy is not going to be some, like, out-on-the-town Vegas socialite. Like, he he's going to, like, go to, like clubs when like his teammates want him to go because he's a good teammate mm. but you'll never see like jimmy out at like <laughs> gordon ramsey's steakhouse at three o'clock in the morning or anything like that like you'll probably see him less now because it's vegas mm. well i wonder if he'll still do subway commercials i don't know if there are subways in vegas i've never been are there subways in vegas can he still keep doing those i would assume there is i've been a couple of times mm. but there's i haven't gone to subway when i'm there dog. so i couldn't tell you for sure 
Okay. It's like saying, are there McDonald's in Vegas? It's They're everywhere. It's true. Chicken Bigger Ranch, it always it always hit. I have not had Subway in a long time, but that was always that was always clutch. I might get that after this. Y'all just reminded me. I might just go over there. There's a Subway right across the street from my house. Um, Matt, we need to talk about the trade between the Panthers and the Bears. Mm-hmm. You had a good tweet that I, I liked where I was talking to a buddy over the weekend about it. And I was like, yeah, he's a, he's a fan of the Panthers. Stay off pod. And I was like, but he said something that I think, because a lot of the immediate reaction um, to the trade was like, how do you throw in DJ Moore? That's what everyone seemed to harp on with the deal was that the Panthers included DJ Moore. So it's like, why are you giving up your wide receiver one to draft your QB one and put them in that kind of situation? And then obviously Panthers fans were like, you think this is darkness? We've been in this spot before with worse receiving options uh, for our young quarterback than this. This is nothing. Um, and you said, like, it, I would rather have, and tell me if I, I, I'm, I get, I'm getting this wrong, but I think you said, uh, I would much rather have a QB1, or a, I have my QB1 than a wide receiver one, was essentially what you were saying, where it's like, I, we can figure out the wide receiver one. It's significantly harder than the QB1. So the people who are freaking out about losing the wide receiver one in the deal, it's like, well, if this lands you the quarterback that you actually want, who can be your guy for the next 10 to 15 years, that is significantly more valuable and important than finding a receiver because, like, everyone finds a receiver now. Justin Jefferson might be the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, Drake London was absolutely awesome right out of the gate here in Atlanta. You just Jamar Chase, great right away. Like, you just go up and down. Most receivers are pretty good right away. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. You can find another wide receiver one. DJ Moore is good, but you can find another DJ Moore. Um, is that kind of where you're at? And did you get a lot of flack for that when you were from Panthers fans and NFL fans about like, eh, the, the DJ Moore thing, it's, it, it's fine. It's actually not that, that bad for this deal. Panthers fans agree. I don't know about everybody else. I mean, mm. this was going to be a tough trade up regardless. If we had traded the 2025 first instead, nobody would be like, oh, that wasn't a fleece at all. That was mm. a really great trade, actually. That wasn't going to happen regardless. Mm. The reality is, is what well, the flip side to that is the Panthers don't trade up, they don't get a quarterback, and the Panthers are idiots there. And if the mm. Panthers tank so where they have the number one overall pick, people would be saying they suck for having the number one overall pick. There isn't a winning world here where everything works out perfectly for the Panthers and nobody disagrees or says they're bad for anything that they do. As far as trading DJ Moore, like, it sucks. I really love DJ Moore. He's mm. put up with some really bad quarterback play and he has never said anything about it when most receivers would and I wouldn't blame them if they did but ultimately yeah I would rather need wide receiver one than quarterback one I've been saying for years if the Panthers don't get their quarter like until the Panthers get serious at quarterback they're not a serious team it's been true the the phrase that people will say is I actually think whoever the Panthers have can be all right if anybody Mm. is saying about a quarterback that you sign that actually you think they can be okay? If their hot take is that they can be average, they're a bad player. <laughs> they're not very good. I guarantee it. Same thing. If, if a guy is in free agency or available for trade like Darnold was, they're not, they're not a franchise guy because if they were, the team would resign them. So I'm glad that we're taking serious steps like trading up to number one overall to get them. Now, obviously, the receivers are really, really, really terrible right now. Mm. But on the other hand, free agency just started – five hours ago and the draft hasn't happened and i think that judging the weapons before any of that is a little bit unfair and i think that going and getting your quarterback when you don't have your receivers figured out is something that happens all the time the bills did it with josh allen 
The Bears did it with with uh, Justin Fields. The Texans don't have a, a wide receiver one right now. I mean, Brandon Jags Cooks did is on it with the Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Jags did it with Trevor Lawrence. None of those teams, no one was sitting there saying that makes no sense. They don't have a receiver yet. Mm. And I know the idea of like, oh, you need to build the rest of the team and then you can go get your quarterback. But that doesn't really work. You know why? Because then you end up with the ninth pick if you have a whole bunch of good players. You don't well, end on. up Leave with the Falcons the out of overall. this. Leave the Falcons out of this, Matt. We're doing our best uh, with Desmond Ritter. Well, see, the thing is, is that mm. I went to Cincinnati. Mm. So Desmond Ritter actually is your quarterback of the future in my book. I love Des. Um, I hope he gets the full year. I think he's going to get the opportunity this year. I think, I think really with is. how it's stacked up now, you might as well. Unless you mm. really want to trade to three and get Richardson or Stroud or Young, that wouldn't be terrible. I'd be for that if I were them. But I'd like to see Ritter get a little bit more time. I, I think he can be decent. He's Regardless like old about Trevor Lawrence. Yes, that's that's some comps I, I've heard from him. Theo says mm. the same thing. Um, as as far as the Panthers go, though, I think I think wide receiver is a position you can figure out. I think that people are also thinking way too short term. Mm. And it's like, oh, they're not going to have a receiver right now this year. Well, it's a rebuild. It's going to take time. And if they didn't get a quarterback now, then they were going to be okay next year and need to trade it for a quarterback. And if they didn't get one then, they're going to be okay next year and not get one forever and ever and ever. And I don't want to do that. So I'm glad that they made the move. I'm glad they have their choice between what I think is a really good quarterback class. So as a, as a guy who is fans of a team that a few years ago – put me through maybe the worst offseason in my entire life with all the, like, Mac Jones and, uh, you know, all the rumors and who are they going to take and just the constant, like, news cycle. Are you are you really content at number one? Is there a quarterback that you think sits above the rest that you, you yourself would have? Do you think that there's, like, a couple different good options there between, you know, Stroud and Young? I like – all of the top three guys, unfortunately. Yeah. I actually believe in all Wait, of them. Wait, who's your top three? Do you have Levis out of the top three? or do you? Yeah, have, I have okay. Levis out He's of the top Richardson, three. He's got Richardson, right? Okay. Yeah, I've got Richardson above them. I think all of those guys are, are pretty great. Um, you got C.J. Stroud, who uh, yeah, I, I grew up in Columbus. I, I, I root for Ohio State. Um, I, 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 I thought that he had problems creating offense and maybe handling pressure a little bit, and then he goes into the Georgia game and lets loose and puts to bed a lot of that stuff. Uh, he's really collected. He's great at reading the field. He's incredibly – he'd be one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL right now. He's really that level uh, where he's throwing guys open and great anticipation. I think he's 100% pro ready. Bryce Young is awesome too. Now there's the size concerns about him, but uh, he, he's, he's great at handling pressure. He's got a really nice arm. He's incredibly mobile. He's got sort of that Patrick Mahomes thing going. I remember that one score against Tennessee where he's running towards the goal line and he's still got the mindfulness to flip it forward when the defense commits to him. And he's always still able to throw it no matter how much it looks like he's running it. Um, so I'm a huge fan of him. And then Anthony Richardson I really don't think is that far off. Now he's a project for sure, but he's also 21 years old and played one season in college. If we were judging every quarterback prospect by their first season in college, a lot of them would look really bad. He's arguably the best quarterback athlete uh, we've ever seen. At least that's what the combine testing would tell us, but the tape tells us that too. Any of those three guys, I'd be incredibly excited. Hmm. I don't know. It's just funny. The Anthony Richardson discourse, like I have friends who are only NFL guys, and they're like, oh, they watch the combine, they're like, oof. <laughs> Anthony Richardson, I'm all the way in. And I'm obviously a Tennessee guy. I saw Anthony Richardson up close and in person uh, for Tennessee, Florida. 
and he's hard to bring down but i think it was interesting because like he has the same body type as cam newton right like they love showing those measurables compared to one another but it's like cam was mobile cam liked to take off cam was terrifying with the ball in his hands and what he did at auburn was electric in the open field he was looking to make plays anthony richardson plays like big ben like anthony richardson is gigantic tennessee was putting bodies on him like they were getting in the backfield richardson was just bouncing off dudes like richardson is built in as a statue it's more of like a <laughs> he was like jared lorenzen uh i don't know if these kids are too young for jared lorenzen in the early 2000s with kentucky but that's who he reminded me of where i'm like this man doesn't move and he's impossible to sack he's got a cannon arm he doesn't really know where it's going most of the time but like there is value like the right kind of guy you mold him in like he didn't complete a pass in the second half against florida state like he kept trying god bless him but he couldn't do it like it was i just i have no idea because everyone who watched sec games even like even florida fans are like i mean yeah maybe but like we no one's seen it like everyone who watched anthony richardson throughout college was like oh no 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 how can this guy be going top five top three it's just interesting because he is so different like no college pro everyone likes bryce college pro everyone likes cj even college pro like we saw it with will levis in 2021 like when liam Cohn was his oc like he was a really really good player fell off with rich gangarello this past year but like and that offensive line was one of the worst in college football and it, I, was, it was bad bad i i, I would take it. him number one overall just because he played well before rich and then played bad with rich rich gangarello is one of the worst <laughs> ever i have not i've i the things that i have heard behind mm-hmm. the scenes about that man is one of the just like, I couldn't even say on this pod, mm-hmm. not because I don't want to, but, like, I think I might get, like, FCC, F- you know, well, FCC yeah, let's violation. Not get me sued. Right. Yeah. Yet. Um, but, God, yeah, that I, – I actually have a little bit of hope for for Will just because of, of that little thing. Uh, I'm not so, completely anti-Will Levis either. Yeah, I just yeah. – if we traded up to the number one overall pick to get him, I'd have a problem. Well, yeah, I think he's then. a better version of Mac Jones in the that draft class type situation where he he'll probably go what like six to eight, somewhere maybe. around there. Kind of depends. If somebody trades up to three for a quarterback, I think it's four straight QBs. Yeah. Wow, like it could be. And then Jalen Carter falls down, and I don't even know what he he's another wild card. How teams are going to view him? And Will Anderson, who I love as part like if Will Anderson falls to the Falcons, I just I I. You, Folks, I'm gonna make the news in Knoxville because I'm gonna be running around uh, with my shirt off, losing my mind. Uh, if we're able to get Will Anderson to fall into our laps, because everyone's going QB, 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 and then Jalen Carter and maybe Tyree Wilson, I think is his name, the edge from Texas Tech. Like there is a path to the Falcons sneaking into well, Will Anderson. Here, here's that the is, thing: that's the world we all want to live in. I don't think I think the Seahawks can take Jalen Carter because mm-hmm. they're you know the Seahawks and they don't care about. Uh, any of that stuff i the the raiders legally i don't think can take it after henry ruggs like i don't think they can take that 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 would be the most insane draft pick in the history of the nfl draft so i feel like jalen might slip a little bit but like four quarterbacks go in the first top the top of the first draft like you might see a lot of trade-ups after that because that's a lot of talent sitting now at a place that might not have been there well, how about this, Matt? If you had to say among the four, who is the most likely to slide to like twenty? 
If of someone, the quarterbacks? Yeah, of the quarterbacks. Who do you think I'd is the be, most likely to free fall? Levis. Okay. I guarantee it. I okay, think if it's not the, Levis, of the three that you like, who would be the most likely to slip? To slip? Mm. I would I would guess Richardson then, but I mm. think all of those guys are, are locks to go in the top four. Yeah, I, I don't think I, that's going to happen. I feel incredibly confident about it. Athleticism is always something that will keep a quarterback much higher than they should be. Like, what he did in the combine, like, Richardson is going to go very high. That's inevitable. Yeah. I think that Richardson going that high is him going where he should. I think he's that good. And I know the college stats are bad, but ultimately, teams aren't wrong for taking a shot on that. And people people try to compare it to, like, Malik Willis. And mm. I, I think the idea, it, Richardson is not as far off as it may seem. The fact that he doesn't take sacks and he has good pocket presence and he does a good job staying upright, that is huge. That's one of the most important things a quarterback That was the first thing you notice when you watch him. And it's yeah. and it's not something you can really learn. Mm-hmm. You either once you once you're in the college level, you either got it or you don't with feeling pressure. And he has mm-hmm. it. So yeah, maybe you want him to read the defenses a little bit better and you want him to be a little bit more accurate. Those things I feel like are much easier to work on, especially for a QB who's twenty one years old. Whereas with like a Will Levis, like and again, I I don't totally hate him, but he takes a lot of sacks, mm. and he's 24, and the accuracy is still a question. So, what do you think ultimately happens? Here's your chance to be clairvoyant, Matt. Like, what do you think the Panthers ultimately do? Do you buy that they'll actually trade back from trading up, or do you think they'll stay at one and take one of the quarterbacks? And if they do, who do you think they're actually going to take? Who's your gut telling you? They could trade back. It wouldn't totally surprise me. Um, maybe just a couple of spots. The reality is I think they don't know who they want yet, and they traded up because they wanted to just go ahead and get the number one overall pick and not have to worry about somebody else jumping them and then deciding, oh, we only have one guy we really like, and we missed our chance on him. But let's say there's a world where they're confident maybe Bryce Young is going to go to the Texans, and they like Richardson and Stroud relatively equally. They're like, yeah, then we could move back to three possibly. Um, and, and, and recoup some assets and still get a guy we like. My guess is, is that they stay at one and take Stroud. I think that CJ fits what Reich wants to do. Um, he likes tall, composed pocket passers. Stroud is definitely that. But I think Stroud has a lot more creation ability than the guys that Reich has been dealing with. And while I don't think he needs like somebody to go out there and just like create something out of nothing. He doesn't need the, someone to go out there and be Mahomes. There's a big gap between doing that stuff and then, you know, like 40-year-old Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan and the guys that he's had. Yeah. Um, Evan, I'm excited. Can you tell? It's a good day. The Falcons have been active. They had a lot of money to spend. Jesse Bates is my just free agent number one that I wanted. I was just like, just give me Jesse Bates. Like, get, I, I need a good secondary. I love Richie Grant, but like Jalen Hawkins is fine. He's more of a backup. He's just, he's fine. You pair Jesse Bates with Richie Grant. You already have AJ Terrell on one side. You bring back Isaiah Oliver. You have the number eight pick. Lot of fun corners like Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr., Suddenly, the Falcons have a no-fly zone situation going on in the NFC South. They go out, they sign, um, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Onyemata, Onye, David. Um, I think that's correct, yeah. yeah. Charles. Uh, um, yeah. But he's good, and he obviously has familiarity with our new DC, Ryan Nielsen. Taquan Graham was really good last year uh, before he got injured. I, I really like what we've seen from him. Grady Jarrett's obviously a star. No, no, I just look at all this, I'm like, 
suddenly Terry Fontenot is not messing around with this defense. And then you trade for Jonu Smith where Arthur Smith is like, we're going 12 personnel and we're going to beat you to death. We already have the <laughs> one of the best run blocking groups in the NFL. Tyler Algier is a really good player. He's like the reincarnation of Michael Turner. He's just a little bowling ball back there. We're just going to beat you to death. And we're going to play better defense. And I don't think it's crazy to say the Falcons are having a t just top-notch offseason. I am I am just so excited because it has been despair. Do you know how many playoff games we've had in Atlanta at the new stadium at the Benz? Zero. Since it's been created, we have had zero. It has been rough the last couple of years, especially like the indifference the last two years, where it's just like this rebuild is just boring. The Falcons play a boring sad style of football where everyone knows the wins and losses and mirage and the roster has just been gutted and it's rough going through just the post Dimitrov era where they were spin, spin, spin and push, kick the can down the road and they had to eat it. Now they're kind of back. I'm excited. I think the Falcons are the favorite in the NFC South going into next year. And I don't think it's particularly <laughs> close. The Falcons are back. I listen, I'll take anyone. Any team is the favorite to the NFC South next year because it's a terrible division. Um, but literally, I, I, I said that to Charles McDonald today. I was like, mm -hmm. how is your, you know, your your never ending brand of apathy going to go? Because it sounds like, the you know, it looks like the Falcons are actually finally making some really good moves. Uh, Jesse Bates was a, t uh, a player I was convinced the Niners, like I was convinced the Niners were going to sign Jesse Bates, not obviously uh, a defensive tackle. And, you know, you Being can't have everybody. Your defense is fine. Leave us somebody. Like the the Niners off, don't need more. This is free agency. This mm -hmm. is when players actually get to choose which team they want to go to. And mm -hmm. I do think they're going to choose to want to go to the potential Super Bowl winner of next of this season, mm -hmm. as opposed to the, the upcoming Super Bowl contender. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. great. Wrong shade of red. <laughs> um, but no, getting Lindstrom back. Signing yeah. the extension to a five-year extension, that was good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I very curious what happens with Jono Smith because he looked really good for the Titans before he went to, you know, purgatory New England, which is a weird thing to say, with Mac Jones. So mm -hmm. if we can see a little Jono Smith resurgence, Desmond Ritter has a, a nice Healthy save. Kyle Pitts, Drake yeah. London, one of the best receivers in the NFL already. It, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see how they use Janu because if they mm -hmm. use Janu as like a, hey, this is who's going to catch passes because we're going to still force Pitts to block, who knows? But if if Janu can take some of the blocking and, and they maybe split the receiving, I think that could be really good for the team. What do you think, Matt? I know you're a Panthers guy, but am I is it, am I is it okay? Do I send like come off as a homer? To be this excited about where the Falcons are going this offseason with the draft still ahead of them and with the way that Terry Fontenot has addressed the holes on this team with all the money he's had to spend to this point. I think Jesse Bates is a good player. I think $16 million a year for a safety is a lot. Mm. Um, outside of that, I, I think they added a rotational pass rusher and they added a, a tight end too. I don't know if that changes uh, the world for them, but I do think they're headed in the right direction. A lot of it just comes down to does Ritter become uh, relatively uh, serviceable. I think they're a very well-coached team. I think the run game's real good, uh, but filling out the rest of the defense is going to be a challenge. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I can't stop you from saying they're the favorites in the NFC South because the NFC South is so bad. Mm -hmm. I think you could make an argument for any team right now 
if if Tampa goes out and signs somebody who can play quarterback at all, you can make an argument for all four. And Early reports are they are not planning to do that. <laughs> it does not seem so, no. So maybe Tampa's the only team that's really out, but the rest of the teams, I mean, the Saints, I'm not moved by Derek Carr, but I kind of see the vision with a little bit of what they got going on, even though I don't know if they have a single defensive lineman on the roster currently. Mm-hmm. I think if the Panthers get some serviceable receivers and the quarterback they draft is good, honestly, their offense with their offensive line and their run game and Frank Reich there could be really good, and they've got some defensive pieces. And I think Tampa just depends on how much they sell. But if, if, they, if they don't and they get a serviceable quarterback, who knows? So everybody's in play. Um, Drake London being one of the best young receivers, uh, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think he's Drake London. that title. I'm uh, afraid, the PFF I'm afraid grade he doesn't was, lie. I'm Over afraid the he was middle, the wrong wide open Drake. Pick. Mm-hmm. See, and, this is uh, the this Garrett is what Wilson happens. Way better, but this is what happens. Mm-hmm. He has two speeds. Chase either goes from <laughs> nothing matters. It's Tennessee Volunteer Football, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, you know all season long, or it's then becomes Drake London is the greatest receiver in the NFL. Hold on, Evan, give me this. I have been suffering like this is a couple years old i have been suffering i am wearing the falcons military hoodie because i've been going to war on on sunday Uh. afternoons watching this team week over week it's been it's been tough um and i see a glimmer of hope the nfc south is fading tom brady's out of my life forever like we we think well he's not coming back to the nfc south like I, I, i we can go ahead and move on from that one if he comes back it's not in the south the bucks are just losing their minds i mean todd bowles just resign like this this is not going to go well the rebuild everyone's leaving they're all jumping ship uh dean's gone you'll look at david's gone up and down the list like guys and then they're like we're trying to decide between baker mayfield and jacoby Brissett for this year and you're like oh oh the baker was the 37th of 39 pff graded quarterbacks this past year he was bad and you you watched a lot of baker this past year in the bob mcadoo offense matt like it's just i, I think the bucks are they're heading back towards the toilet, and then I think the Saints are a third tier. I think the Panthers and the Falcons are the favorites to dominate the NFC South over the next three to five years. I think the Saints are fighting reality with the Derek Carr. Dominate uh, is such a wild word to use for that division. What? Dominate. That's dominate, just like yeah. to dominate the division when it's just like a bunch of injured people with like one leg and like hold a on. crutches. I think the upside like, for the Panthers and the Falcons Panthers to me, is yeah. high. Panthers for me, I mean, you've got the number one pick of the draft. They yeah. have a, they have they have the most upside. I I, I could see the Falcons be an eight win team for a long time. Wow, I kind I actually I, I kind of agree. I think the Panthers and the Falcons are the two teams headed in the right direction right now. My big question about the Falcons is and I'm saying this as a Ritter guy, Mm. if Ritter is not great, the quarterback situation becomes very tough because the Falcons will not be bad enough this year Mm. to just go, like, I mean, how many teams right now are saying, like, well, if we're bad next year, we can just go get Caleb Williams when realistically it's going to be like the Titans or some team that's really, really, really not, you know, doing anything seriously. So I'd question that, but outside of that, like, yeah, I think the Saints cap space stuff, it's going to catch up with them a little bit slower than people expect because they are just going to endlessly restructure guys. But you're kind of already seeing it now with, like, Kamara had, you know, has had a couple down years in a row, and they are mm. still restructuring them and still dragging that out. And um, Cam Jordan was, like, really bad last year, and they're still restructuring that and still dragging that out. They're not, you know, 
they went and signed Derek Carr, I think, largely because he got cut and because they could get comp picks still when they lost a bunch of their guys. And I, I think that I really think they're facing a lot of reality here. Um, now, I, I, this upcoming season, I think they could still win the division. Long term, hmm. does their building aspects look as good as maybe the Falcons or the Panthers? Not so much. Yeah, we'll see. They need a lot of important guys to be healthy. They need a lot of stuff from Alvin Kamara, who I love. Uh, he's out here, and he's on the billboard. I drive by him every day here in Knoxville. They've added him to outside of Neyland. But um, Michael Thomas can never stay healthy. You look at the offensive line getting older. Mark Davenport's gone. We'll see what Cam Jordan looks like. I just, I don't know, Demario Davis, a year older. I just, well, I, I'm not optimistic about where the Saints are going and what they're trying to do. Um, Real quick. Yeah. Safety Marcus Epps of uh, the Philadelphia Eagles is going to the Raiders. Mm. Has Aaron Rodgers gotten traded yet or no? Of course not. still not official? Uh, I believe if he once he comes out of his cave, if he doesn't mm. see a shadow, it's one more month of decision making. Okay. Um, but, yeah, there is a – the Eagles are really just every, – everything that was on that roster is leaving. <laughs> I mean, that's part of it. But I just – the Eagles, man, like Travis Kelsey's coming back. Um, I think they'll still be good. And the thing that helps the Eagles is the same thing that helps the Niners, where you're like, man, it felt like everything was right. They were extremely healthy last year. Debo was healthy. CMC was healthy. Uh, the defense, by and large, Bosa, everybody was healthy and good. You had this elite coaching staff. You had Miko Ryans. You had Kyle Shannon. You had brought in Brian Greasy. Like, it just, it all seemed to work. Like, this all, like, you had everything together, and the two best teams played in the NFC title game. But, like, here's the great part. The NFC sucks, and the NFC is still absolutely wide open. It's not like they still have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert to worry about. No, it's it's Dak Prescott. It's Kirk Cousins. Like, the the Eagles can lose stuff, and they're still the favorites. They're fine. I get to make the Brock Purdy jokes, Mm. all right? That's something (laughs) that I'm allowed to do. But Mm. if Brock Purdy comes back as healthy, you know, healthy again, he was doing – better than any quarterback in the NFC and most quarterbacks in the AFC doing better. Uh, and that said, the, Trey Lance is still developing. The Niners, the with Brock Purdy healthy last year, could have probably beaten any team in the NFL. So let's not act like they're just like down and out. They just No, added- I'm not saying that. No, no, no. no you can, it, what I'm saying is the case is the same for the Eagles and the Niners in that it felt no, like that, they they didn't actually need to win last year, where it's like, oh, when's the window closing? I'm like, it's not closing next year. The NFC I mean, is still wide open. The Niners are still going to be right there. That's my point, though. Yeah. That, you know, The Eagles have lost TJ Edwards, Marcus Epps, and obviously Javon Hargrave, whereas the yeah. Niners have added a Hargrave and kept their players. Like The gap is very, to me, very wide mm. for the Eagles and Niners, and I'll bet anyone any amount of money on that. But wouldn't you also say that the Eagles have two first-round picks and you guys have zero? Yeah, but I mean, first-round picks are a very exciting thing uh, until you draft, and then you have to get it right. That's very true. I don't know. I I think the Eagles are definitely – last year was their year to do it. They were ridiculously healthy, and they didn't pull it off. But I think with Hurts still on a rookie contract and that offense still intact – I think they have a very, very good chance of, of running it back and repeating it. Now, I agree, the 49ers are up there, too. But, yeah, they got to stay healthy. And I wonder if, like, the Bose, you know, both the Boza guys can never stay healthy. And you've got a lot of players who are older who historically have not stayed healthy. And then you go trade for Christian McCaffrey. I almost wonder if the 49ers sometimes put themselves in a position where they don't worry enough about 
acquiring guys who can play the full season. I mean, the Christian McCaffrey thing, I completely agree. I was terrified of that pick. Obviously, it worked out. Um, but Nick Bosa, I'm, I'm not as worried about. You know, that ACL injury, he came back better than literally ever. Uh, obviously, you don't want him to, to go out. But I think Javon Hargrove is a good example of what you do when you want to keep that stability there and you want to have, like, a strong foundation. But the Niners have just, like, this never-ending rotating depth. Uh, at many positions, not just their defensive line. Um, you know, uh, Eli Mitchell's probably going to get hurt next year. Like, Christian McCaffrey might miss a game or two next year. Uh, they're just going to keep rotating guys in over and over and over again. Uh, to be honest with you, I'll say Jalen Carter to makes a lot of sense to me at the Eagles at 10. I don't, I don't think, think he's going to fall though. that far. I'll be yeah. completely honest. I think this stuff is going to get cleared up, and he's going to go at five or six. I just, I, think I, I hear people saying that, and I and I don't ever give NFL teams the benefit of the doubt for making like good moral decisions, but like the guy was a week, you know, the guy was racing in the middle of the night in a situation that got two people killed. Like he wasn't obviously the driver on that side, but like that. Even for the NFL, that's a wild thing to just gloss over. I think the NFL is pretty wild about that stuff. Yeah. And I, I, me personally, I always see a lot of people be like, oh, no, it's ridiculous that you think he'll get picked at like five and then their team has like the ninth pick or something. And it's mm. like, you know, not saying that either of you guys are doing that, but yeah. it, it, a lot of it depends on. It, it, how how close to the draft that stuff happens? Because think about it, like mm. Laramie Tunsil did like nothing, and he yeah. dropped thirteen spots. He was a guaranteed number one overall, and a video of him smoking weed came out, and he dropped thirteen spots, which is like half the money you get paid on your rookie contract. It's like fifty percent less. Also, and, do you ever? And I think too to your point, like if Laramie Tunsil was smoking a joint instead of having a fuck, excuse my language, a a gas mask bong strapped to his face i feel like it would have wouldn't have been as big of a deal but that's yeah true. That, that's my that's another thing though it's like I, you look at the tunsil stuff and it's like now looking back it's like he was smoking weed who cares um like two people died yeah on his team his teammate i don't know but you're you're right you're i mean you're right there there's a very good chance he goes at like five overall and we're all like eh, he should have dropped shouldn't have dropped that far yeah, I, I I guess I can't really tell you what NFL teams are thinking, but I think if he gets his name cleared and teams have two months to look into it, I think that means that he'll drop a lot less than maybe he would have if this came out like a week before yeah. the draft. Then he really would have been in bad, bad shape. Yeah, because this is the 24-hour news cycle. People move on. Like, remember that day, the combine, where he's just escorted out? Like, they're like, is he still in Indianapolis? Where is he? And all this yeah. stuff. Like, if that happens, like, the day before, like you said, that changes everything but we still have a lot of time before the actual nfl draft it feels like the nfl drafts like next week the way it's all it's been covered as of late I, there's so many nfl pot like draft podcasts that are popping i'm like the nfl draft we still got a while this sport man it's just i mean it's, all year long i don't know about you but like i feel like time moves much faster nowadays than it did like eight years ago like now every oh, inch old, of your man. life is refreshed like yeah. every social media app is constant coverage like i think mentally time just moves forward a little bit faster so I, I feel like the draft is And then we're tomorrow. in our 30s. I think that's what's happening here. I think what you're describing is it, we're in our 30s, and time's just moving faster for us now. Yeah, I'm like what I'm like uh, Adam Sandler and, and Billy Madison. Like, you got to cherish it. 
<laughs> yeah, no, you got to cherish it. Twenty one. It, it just it speeds up, and you don't realize it. I think the it's like the way that there's a scientific reason as to why we feel that way, and I think it's because uh, our brains, because we have so many days and so many repetitive no. type days that like it basically feels like once it. you get into your like actual life past yeah. like 28 or older and you're you're like in the career you want you're doing like there's no more new things right for the most part so you're just like habit and your brain mm. just goes i thought it was because like when you're 35 or 50 or, or 100 one year of your life is just a little bit less of your life that you've well, that's what I'm saying. It's like then. that repetition. So it's like you have so many days that your brain's like, "Hey, this is like this isn't new. This isn't exciting. Like you've done this ninety-seven thousand times <laughs> at this point, and you just lot, it, yeah, yeah, a lot less like new experiences." And and basically, that's why we're saying that Sam Darnold's going to win the Super Bowl. San Francisco Forty ers Um, Matt, does Jalen Ramsey move the needle in Miami? I think a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's still a really, really good corner. Um. And, and with with what's happened with the Miami corners, which was incredibly unfortunate with Brian Jones and then Xavier Howard not having a good year, I like this move. I think Miami is building a lot like the 49ers and the Rams. That is the new style of, again, with the comp picks, we value the later picks more and then the first-round picks less. We're going to go trade for the big, big stars. I think the thing these teams have realized is that, like, the actual damaging thing is not paying guys a lot of money. It's mm. paying guys a lot of money who are only okay. If you're going to go shell out a big contract, that's fine. But it needs to be for somebody who is one of the best of their position. Like, look at the 49ers, for example. Who are the guys they pay in big money? Nick Boza. He's one of the best of his position. Christian McCaffrey. Um, Fred Warner. Fred Warner. Like, all those guys are top few at their position. Who are the guys they let walk? Mike uh, McGlitchney, right? Mm. He's walking. That's because paying him $20 million isn't good value. And if they have to go trade a, a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick or a second-round pick to make sure they have that guy so when they re-sign him, they're re-signing somebody who's top at their position. And when they're paying him, it's someone that's top at their position. That's fine by them. You saw the 49ers do the same thing. Rams do the same thing. Here's Miami doing the same thing. I think getting a number one corner, uh, moving Xavier Howard to two, maybe he can improve a little bit. going to do a lot for him. So I like it's it. Awesome. I like that style of team building. Let's also remember, too, that, like, the Dolphins are the beneficiaries of the Rams going scorched earth to win a Super Bowl and then being forced to get rid of this guy for cap space. Like, mm-hmm. they gave up – the Dolphins gave up next to nothing. Like, you, you you look back to when Trent Williams got traded for, like, a third-round pick or something like that. It's the same thing. I think Trent Williams is obviously a little bit better. Um, but, yeah – they already have an exceptional corner on the Dolphins team. And now they're adding Jalen Ramsey, who I love to hate because of his personality, but like he's like, you know, still that guy. He's still a vi- like one of the best corners in the NFL. Um, and the, the Dolphins have a really good pass rush too, which I think is the thing that like they traded last year and that pass rush is probably still getting comfortable with each other. They're going to have a really good defense this year. It is like creepy how very similar with Tua that they are to the 49ers. The FC East is going to be a bloodbath. Like it's like bills are obviously tier one, but like the tier two fight, if Rogers ends up in New York and you get the, I mean, I think there will be a bump with Bill O'Brien calling plays for the Patriots and the Pats will be better and the defense will be better. And you look at it and you're like, I, you can make the case for all three of the tier two AFC East teams as like 10 to 11 win teams if uh, 
things things go right and they could uh, they could go on right. It's I don't know. Those three are kind of clumped together, and I think I feel pretty good about all three. That like they have a very high floor. I think all three have high floors. What? Why? Well, I, I want to ask this question to both of you, but like, what type of Aaron Rodgers do you think the Jets are going to get? I think he's going to be still pretty good. Yeah. I think that he's not an MVP anymore, probably. He did have a rough season, but he also had very, very rough weapons, and that does affect your numbers, but I think when you watch him play, that didn't affect him as much. Going to New York, um, I really, really like the pieces they'd be able to put around him. I love Garrett Wilson. Um, Elijah Mitchell is not Elijah Mitchell, uh, Elijah Moore. Is, is, is really solid. Brees Hall is obviously good, and the run game was really good with him. So I, I think he'd look a lot better. Um, but I think he'd still probably be somewhere around a top-10 quarterback in the NFL. I think they'd be a totally different team. No team can improve more from upgrading a quarterback than the Jets. I think it's the worst quarterback situation I've seen in a long, long time. From like Maybe, maybe Kaiser playing for the Browns way back when was pretty rough. Mm. But, I mean... You're talking, you just can't throw the ball downfield at all, or you've got Joe Flacco out there who's 400 years old throwing 50 passes a game or whatever. I'm, I'm excited to see him with a real QB. If they had gotten Jimmy Garoppolo, people would have been excited about it. I'm just – you know what's weird is – I don't know if you share this sentiment, Matt, but, like, if they had just kept – and I don't know if – like, it's just – it's amazing. Like, everything's a relationship business where I just wonder if you had just kept the, the other LaFleur – because I never know if it's Matt, Mike, whatever it is. The other LaFleur, who was actually pretty good. It wasn't his fault, I think, that Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco and what he was having to work with last year was not good. I, like, you plug Aaron Rodgers, he's obviously had success in the LaFleur scheme in Green Bay. Nathaniel Hackett was technically in that for a couple years. He was Aaron Rodgers' guy. They have the relationship. That was why he got the Denver job, basically, is that he could bring in Aaron Rodgers. They that didn't happen, so they go the Russell Wilson route. But then you look at this, and I'm like, Nathaniel Hackett wasn't like the brains of the operation. It's not like he's running that Shanahan type stuff. We've seen him in Jacksonville. We've seen him in Buffalo. We've seen him in different spots. Like, I don't really know what his identity is. We saw him call plays last year. That Broncos offense was horrific. Russell Wilson or not. Like, whatever you thought about LaFleur and the Jets offense, I'm like, I don't know, because you bring in Todd Downing as like co-OC and what we saw from the Titans last year I'm like Aaron Rodgers is he gonna have to call plays himself like I get it that he you don't get it's just weird because it's I feel like you don't get Rodgers unless you get Hackett but it's also like for both parties it'd be better if you just kept LaFleur as your OC and then brought in Rodgers then I'm like okay I I'm a bit of a bigger believer but like I think people are kind of overlooking the Todd Downing Nathaniel Hackett co-O offensive coordinator mindset for for this group I'm I would be nervous if I was a Jet, jet fan about where the offense is going, but it can't be worse, right? So I don't know. Is that fair? I, I agree. I think the quarterback situation was so bad last year, I can't blame anybody for, for like, if, if you're firing somebody because Zach Wilson didn't lead a good offense, mm-hmm. who, who is that really on? Um, but I, I think I think if they, if they get the quarterback in place, they'll still be in pretty good shape. I really like the pieces they've got there. Evan, does McVay committing to the Rams for years – to come mean a rebuild is coming to LA or does it actually mean that he's gotten assurances from up top that they're going to try and make this work with Stafford and trade some pieces like Jalen Ramsey I mean 
is Cooper Cup getting moved this offseason? Like, Anybody is, that says to you that here? they know what the, the Los Angeles Rams are doing is lying. Like, uh, you know, they, they went from Aaron Donald's going to retire and, uh, you know, Matt Stafford is cooked and McVeigh. I mean, like one year of, of instability, McVeigh was like, I'm out. I'm done. I'm going to go be, a, you know, an analyst. To now all of a sudden he's staying. Like, I. Not just staying, but committed long term. I, under, I understand. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I'm not in on the Rams. That the volatility that's happened this offseason is enough to me to, like, just really think that, like, they're just not a threat. Uh, there was just even a report the other day that there, or not a report, Mike Lombardi was, you know, on a, on a, was it Colin Coward's or somebody's podcast going, they're trying to trade for, you know, trade Matt Stafford right now, to which they're like, no, we're not. It's like, I, I just don't understand what the Rams are doing. Mm. I don't understand what Sean McVay is doing. If you're that young and you just won a Super Bowl, regardless of what your team's roster might look like now, if you are, if you love football and if you love coaching, and if you're that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're that young, there's nothing you could say on earth for me personally that would make me want to retire. Even if the team was bad, I'm like, I'm on cloud nine. I've got all the juice in the world. I just won a Super Bowl. I could do this six more times. That he even thought about retiring is like, I think, a huge deal that a lot of people don't talk about because of this never-ending news cycle. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he gives it another go or two season-wise and then just goes, no, nah, this is it. I'm out. This to is me, way worse than I thought it was. I said I wanted to commit to the rebuild, but actually winning four games or less it's, years. it's like the person you're dating like you come home and you find out that the person you're dating like has like another person's cologne or perfume on them they're like oh it's you know we did we just were dancing it's not a big deal and then you're like okay we can fix this relationship and make it a long-term situation that's totally fine i believe everything you just told me like i don't know the red flags are there and I just, I don't know. I think they're the hardest team to forecast over the next two to three years. Uh, do you share that sentiment, Matt? Yeah. Um, I think they're probably just not going to be that great. Uh, obviously, you know, like they tried to trade for Brian Burns in the middle of last season, give it multiple firsts, and now they're here, like, blowing it Did up. Did they go back to that? I, I, I think they're probably just in rebuild a little bit. I wonder if they're, like, Stafford's cooked arm-wise uh, way sooner than they expected him to be. And that would be my my guess if I had, and this is a real guess, is that they thought Stafford would be okay and now they feel like he's actually in pretty bad shape and they're not going to have a quarterback going forward and it's really hard to build up from there. So if they want to rebuild, they need a new QB and they maybe need to be bad this season to get one, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. If they were the worst team this year, that'd be awesome for them. But um I think there's a lot of good QBs in next year's draft, so I, I, that's the route I would go if I were to them, but it's really hard to tell because they're kind of wonky. But they've also got huge trade chips. Like, they obviously mortgaged a bunch for Stafford. It got him a ring. It all worked. But, like, you have options. Like, Allen Robinson, I'm curious what happens there. Cooper Cup, I think, would bring in a significant haul. Um, he's still in his prime, one of the best receivers in football. Like, if you go down that road, Stafford's not getting anything with his, like, you just, the reason I think part of it's the injury stuff, maybe, but also just the money. Like, the Stafford money is, I just, I think it's a lot for any team uh, to to go down that road. And then you're like, Aaron Donald, do you just, like, you 
do you want to do him a solid? Like, Aaron, do you really want to come back for this? Do you want to really do what it takes to be an NFL shape all offseason for a team that cannot win? Like, I don't know. I feel kind of bad for Aaron because he could have had the best ending possible when uh, he won Super Bowl and obviously just what he did in that Super Bowl to guide the Rams to victory. I just, I don't know. The Rams, I think they could actually flip a lot of it by trading some important cogs here and kind of expedite this rebuild and make it less painful than um, we probably anticipated when they mortgaged everything for Stafford and company, Um, even Ramsey and uh, Odell. But like, I don't know. And nothing would surprise me. I think they're the most fascinating team because if McVay signed up, I'm curious what the plan is. Like, I, I'm curious if McVay signed up because he believes they can flip this and Stafford's good. And that... Chase. Yes. This is not an interesting storyline. The Rams are trash. It's not that I don't know. They don't even know if their quarterback's fully healthy. But that's what I'm saying. If he is, he's the best quarterback in the NFC. I'm, I would I would prefer to talk about the Falcons again than, <laughs> than waste my breath talking about the Rams and what they're maybe going to do. Like, um, Well, let's end on this. Um, which team is not linked to drafting a quarterback in the first round that should, in your estimation, Evan? Who has not been linked in the first round that you're like, I don't know why this team thinks they don't need a quarterback because they do. The New England Patriots. Oh, I mean, I don't, and not even like because it's like a fun thing to like bag on Mac Jones. Like, I I don't think I just I feel like the Mac Jones situation is n- not going to end up in the type of way uh, that they want it to. I would love to see them. I would rather see them with Will Levis than Mac Jones uh, in a big way. So I don't think it'll happen. It's the Patriots. They don't really do that type of thing. But I would. I would be taking. I'd be trying to take a quarterback if there was one available. I just like, you know, to his point, they're probably all going in the top five. They are all probably going pretty high, but who knows? I mean, okay, so let's put it this way. And Panthers, I will. You are allowed to trade up, by the way, for these teams. Like that, yeah. you could be yeah. like, hey, you could trade up. Yeah. Panthers, Texans, Colts all get quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Who else? Right now, not even saying who you think like should, but probably won't. Who else? Who else do I think at any point in the draft gets a quarterback? No, I'm just just a, who who is getting the fourth like top four guys? I I definitely think that if Richardson is available at five, the Seahawks would. Take I, him. I agree. I think if Richardson's available at five, the Seahawks will get him. Me personally, I kind of expect him to be the third guy off the board, but like totally could be the other way around if if the Colts like Levis or something. If that Levis would maybe falls, be the simplest way for it to to shake out. If Levis let's say falls, it's Levis do you is think- the last guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. if Levis falls to 12, you think the Titans take him? I think they consider it. I mean... What do the commanders pick? Oh, the... That's a good question. The stairs, yeah, 16. He's not, 16, he's not making he's that probably far. probably not making it Because the far. Patriots are at 14. I think if Levis has any type of fall at all, like, I mean, the Titans would be a sneaky team to to take him. Uh, Very much so. The, the Patriots, I think, also could. Um, and, yeah. If Levis gets past, I'll even say like the Falcons. If they're in like if he's around at like nine and ten, all of a sudden everybody becomes a little bit more in play. All of these teams that are like we want a quarterback probably, but we're not, and like we're not trading all the way up to three from where we are. All of a sudden, all those teams like Washington or the the Titans or all those teams could be like, yeah, we want to trade up and go get them. With the lion, with the lions, with this good of a team as they have right now, and all the juice that they have, would they not be 
maybe a little interested in how many you know what it would take to draft trade up eight spots i think they'd be interested i wonder what they would if, i think if they really like levis they'll take him at six because the lions I, are one of those teams like you said they're not getting the top pick next year they're the no. favorites in the nfc north this year maybe. right that's yeah. what i'm saying they're going to the playoffs so it's like they might not have this opportunity again yeah, I, I think I'm pro them getting a quarterback, even though the offense in golf was pretty good last year. But yeah. I mean, I, what is... I will say with the Falcons, to the Falcons' point, they were linked uh, to Trey Lance pretty heavily. And I think the mm-hmm. story goes that if Lance, if the, Fa- if the 49ers don't trade up and jump the Falcons, I think Trey Lance is a Falcon right now. I the think fact if, that they were in. If, oh, go ahead. If Brock Purdy didn't get injured, he would have. Well, he might be traded. Oh, yeah, but, he might be a Falcon now, too. Yeah, that's a good right. point. Like, if but Brett, I don't Brock think, doesn't get hurt. Trey Lance isn't yeah. going anywhere, specifically because of how the end of the season ended. They're going to keep fair. Darnold, Purdy, and uh, Trey Lance in a vault <laughs> with bubble tape, bubble wrap. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I will just say, like, based on what the Fontenot and Arthur Smith have kind of prioritized from the quarterback spot, Marcus Mariota, Trey Lance... Deshaun Watson and Desmond Ritter. I think Will Levis does not fit what he's what they're looking for. I think Anthony Richardson falling or Bryce Young falling would be in their wheelhouse. I think if one of those two fall to eight, I don't think CJ Stroud is their kind of guy either. Mm-mm. Like I don't think that fits what they want at mm-hmm. all. I think it's one of those two. I think they want mobility. I think they want physical tools. They want somebody who can just because their identity is all the run game like their run game like they want to run the ball down your throat first and then then we'll figure it out i i just i think that's it like if bryce dropped or anthony richardson dropped eight i think they would actually go one of those two qbs but i don't feel like they're a will levis or cj stroud type of team that's my instinct i would agree i will say to put a bow on it teams that should that i think aren't I think the Dolphins not taking a quarterback at, at all in the draft would be foolish. You can't go into another year just banking. Like, you picked up to his fifth-year option. Great. But, like, Mike White, I mean, just that's fine. But you can't go into a make-or-break year for a lot of these guys with so much talent, with Tyreek Hill on this roster, really going all out in the defense and being like, we need – we're counting on a fully healthy tool a year. And if, it, if not, Mike White will guide us to the AFC title game. It's like, no. I think they actually – I don't think it would be crazy for them to go quarterback super early. I can see it. Yeah, they're a team. Um, well, there you go. Uh, this has been awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for joining Evan and I here on the program tonight. What can the good folks check out from you and the team over at Stay Hot? Your TikTok, YouTube, what kind of content can we look out for this week? Oh, I'd say just uh, if you want to keep up with us, go to Spotify, Apple, YouTube, type in Stay Hot. I'm on I'm on TikTok uh, at Spawn Hour and uh, on Twitter at Spawn Hour M. There you go, Evan. What about you, my friend? At Evan Swords, you were out in wine tasting country this weekend. Not a lot of content to plug other than your Instagram. It's funny uh, where you yeah. were. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shout no. out, shout out to uh, let me plug my hangover and <laughs> uh, let me plug my dehydration. Mm. No, I mean the same thing. I'll say you know when Theo's on, it's great to have you on and check out stay hot you guys 
are doing and for like especially for how young you are like just absolutely crushing it it's awesome to see i think evan at 21 would have would have been very happy to be doing half as much as you guys are so well thank you man i appreciate it for real you know check out your stuff um and obviously go give chase a five-star review because desperately that's how he gets validation and he needs it right he's a married man now he's not out and out on the town anymore he needs his validation wherever he can get and i'm gonna give it to you how you know i'll give you that five-star review i appreciate that that's a warm-up by the way right, for what yeah. evan might be there in the content mind so uh very soon here on the youtube uh evan swartz matt Spawnauer, thank you and i will talk to you evan next week matt we would love to have you back on in the future yeah i'd be glad to Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.